to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, for He is full in everything. Sometimes we see a devotee offering Ganga Ganges water to the Ganges. After taking his bath in the Ganges, a devotee takes a pond full of water and offers it back to the Ganges. Similarly, when one takes a pond full of water from the Ganges, the Ganges does not lose anything. And similarly, if the devotee offers a pound full of water to the Ganges, the Ganges does not increase in any way. But by such an offering, the devotee becomes celebrated as a devotee of Mother Ganges. Similarly, when we offer anything with devotion and faith, what we offer does not belong to us, nor does it enrich the opulence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But if one offers whatever he has in his possession, he becomes a recognized devotee. In this regard, the example is given that when one's face is decorated with a garment and sandalwood pulp, the reflection of one's face in a mirror automatically becomes beautiful. The original source of everything is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is our original source also. Therefore, when the Supreme Personality of Godhead is decorated, the devotees and all living entities are decorated automatically. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada translation and purport to the 8th canto, 20th chapter, 21st verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Mahapurana, in the matter of Bali Maharaja surrenders the universe. So, um, <coughs> this begins the description now of Bhavanadev's expansion. Once all the promises and commitments were finished, once everything was signed and sealed and delivered, then now Bhavanadev is claiming his three steps of land. Just like you may have so many discussions about buying or selling a property, but until you go to the registrar of properties and the owner signs it over to the new per to the purchaser, the deed is not a done deal. It's a registration. So this, all these ceremonies of putting the three drops of water in the hand. And it's like when someone makes a promise and they shake hands on it or something. You know, there's some kind of definitive statement of, okay, now it's, it's done. So this drops of water in the hand, that was to signify that, okay, I'm giving you it, it's, it's done, God is my witness, you have to you take it two steps of that. So now Ramana Dev, he expands so gigantically that the whole universe is within his body. (coughs) 
Molly with all of his uh, royal entourages are watching this uh, exhibition. It's really a must what a grand show to see the immenseness of Ramana uh, Dave, see his expansion, see how everything is within him. I mean, they have to get some kind of spiritual vision, or not maybe not spiritual, but at least they have to get a mystical vision to even be able to observe how expansive Vamadeva is. Everything was within him. In one sense. But look what he still showed three steps later on. So, two points I made here by Srila uh, Prabhupada. One is that Bali wanted to give charity. So actually, how can we give charity to somebody who owns everything? Ramadev well, is the owner of everything. So Bali, he was thinking he was the proprietor, and he's giving in charity. Or the devotee understands that Krishna is the proprietor of everything. Krishna is the proprietor and we are just caretakers of certain amount of uh, Krishna's energy on his behalf. We're just given it a kind of a temporary loan. That's why the idea of giving to Krishna, some people think, you know, oh, why should I give to Krishna? They don't realize that actually everything they have is already belongs to Krishna. They should give. Because it belongs to Krishna to be able. It's like their tax. Or actually, if somebody used to Krishna, they're, they're recognizing that Krishna is the proprietor. Even when one gives something to Krishna, they can still stay with it in many cases. Just like we offer our food to Krishna, but at the end of the day, usually Krishna leaves the food on the plate. Now where the Jagannath is on his, uh, what they call, Anavasar, he's not visible. When that happened with Lord Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya became so affected that he ran all the way to the nearest Vishnu temple, which was about 20 kilometers away, in a place called Alalanatha. He ran so fast, all the other devotees trying to catch up, but they were left in the dust. And Lord Chaitanya got there ahead of everybody else, and he was burning in separation from Lord Jagannath that he couldn't have action. I don't know how many of you are burning in separation from the action of Jagannath. So you can't imitate. But Lord Chaitanya, he was literally burning so much so that when he went and paid obeisances to Alamath, 
He prostrated himself out in front of the altar on this gigantic stone slab. And literally he melted the stone. I'm not kidding you. He melted the stone. After there was like such a, nobody wanted to step, like his whole body print is melted into the stone. Nobody wanted to step on the stone. So they removed it from the temple. And recently, uh, another temple was built for that body stone. A body print. And they do puja there. To the body print of Lord Chaitanya. How many have seen that? Yeah. One, two, three. Any ladies? Four. What was your impression? visiting the safari this year. And I had Rai Ramananda's pen that he used to write scripture with. And also his sword that he had as a governor. So, what an interesting history about this uh, Alala Nabili. He's a very narrow waist, a very broad chest, very beautiful Vishnu deity, but with shining black. He has four hands. who was worshipping the deity, he, he didn't, uh, he had to go out, it's an emergency. So he only had his son there to do the worship. So he asked his son, will you take the offering to the deity and offer it? Put it in front of the deity, will eat it, and whatever, then take back the plate to your mother. So the boy came with some different preparations and place it before the deity and said, please take this offering. So the deity didn't move. So the boy started to cry. The deity said, why are you crying? My father told me you were going to take the offering and you're not taking it. (laughs) 
build palaces, build the Taj Mahal, build all these things, but they remained ruling in India. So whenever the wealth of India remained in India, for the British, because they'd already been burnt by the Americans, and they saw how the Spanish were burnt by the South Americans, so they decided that they won't let any English live in India. Only a very few English government servants were allowed to be there. The maybe province and the whole India was run by like 200 British. Because they were afraid that if they settled down, lived in India, then pretty soon they'll lose always their own people that declared the independence. And then they would uh, lose India. Something like that. So, they didn't uh, allow the English to uh, stay there very much. Not so many English were living there, a few missionaries, a small amount, not like that. In America, it's all English people, right? And then South America was all Spaniards. It was the Spaniards in South America who declared a revolution against the mother. The king. So, in India, what happened is that all the wealth of India was sent back to England. And the crown jewels of the Queen of England is basically royal jewels from Indian kings. So many things were taken out of it. So, actually, India became impoverished because of this policy of the British to more or less take everything out from India and send it abroad. Otherwise, up to that time, it was one of the richest countries in the world. Christopher Columbus was looking for a route to India. In those days, the black pepper, cloves, and so many other spices, which were worth more than their weight in gold, were produced in India. There was no refrigeration, so in order to preserve meat, they needed these uh, spices. And most of the Western people were meat eaters, so it was an essential thing. So that's why in India, people were going there making it rich, buying the spices, spices from India, and taking it back. Literally, it was worth more than its weight in gold. That's how expensive. No, of course, it's not so expensive. It was like that. So, that's how India got uh, drained out. <clears throat> now, Spanish is going to take a while. So we take from Krishna, we, everything we have, Flies will come. <laughs> we offer back to Krishna, and then by doing that, we're the ones who glorify. Recognized as a genuine devotee. What is what kind of devotee is someone that they don't offer? what they have to Krishna. But they said, Krishna gives us back. 
Just like Vidhisthira offered everything to Krishna, but then Krishna gave it back to Vidhisthira, you manage it. Interesting example here. It says if you decorate Krishna with a garland, Krishna looks beautiful. We're actually all benefited because we're just reflections of Krishna. If you put a garland on, look in the mirror, your reflection is also garlanded. So we're reflections of Krishna. The more you decorate Krishna, the more we get more of it. It's an interesting example, maybe a esoteric. The idea of Krishna is source of everything, and since we're the product of Krishna, we're the reflection. So we glorify Krishna, we also be glorified. So the devotees, they serve the Lord. Prabhupada said, You serve the greatest, and you become great. So it becomes great because it's serving the greatest. That's the wonderful thing. Some people may think that this is mythology, some kind of folk tale. Actually, this the Purana is the history. You ask the sages, they don't have time to waste their own telling kid stories, not Mukti Bhakti, Sarana Wall or something. This is a real history. may seem amazing, it is amazing, because Krishna is amazing. It's a Dabhuta. One of the words to describe the Lord again is Dabhuta. Tadvamanam rupam avardana avardatadbhutam Rupam is form, Avardhata began to increase more and more Adbhutam, certainly very wonderful. Hare, the Supreme Personality of that. Anantasya, the unlimited. Also the temple that we're supposed to build in Mayapur, or the temple that's supposed to manifest in Mayapur, is also described as Adbhutamandir. Be a wonderful temple. It has to be something pretty big, pretty amazing to be our Buddha. Can't just be ordinary little thing. Or maybe the Buddha is something really wonderful.
So that word Abhuta, wonderful. Because the Lord is unlimited, so He can do all these wonderful things. Right? The devotee is something amazing. To be expected that the Lord is going to do all kinds of amazing things. Because He's unlimited, He can do things we can't even imagine. That's why He's so wonderful. So we want to dedicate ourselves to the Lord's service. We want to be completely absorbed in Krishna. So by manifesting these pastimes, it makes it easy for the devotee to think about Him, to appreciate His greatness. smaller than the smallest, bigger than the biggest. He enters into the atom, enters uh, into our bodies, and he's uh, with the spirit soul. So he can be smaller than the smallest, but he can be bigger than the biggest. He also showed a universal form to somebody else. Who did he show a universal form to? Arjuna. Anybody else? Maharishana. Maharishana. Duryodhana. Mother Yasoda. Duryodhana. Duryodhana. Now, Mother Yasoda, she, she saw this form in the world. Akrura. Sanjay. Yes, yeah, so, so, same one that he showed to Arjuna. So Mother Yasoda, she was so much uh, in paternal affection that she didn't see. And she saw it, but she couldn't relate to it. She couldn't understand what she's saying. Because she just sees that Krishna is my son. Arjuna, he saw, he appreciated Krishna as Amanda, he was great. I just surrendered to Krishna. Uh, 
But they might make C. They might be a notch. When they we went to mediate, when they have a capture of Samba, who was it? Kuruna. One of the sons of Krishna was captured. Kuruna. Samba. Anyway, one of the, I'm going to check that one out, I've got a Krishna book. One of the sons was captured, so then uh, Balaram offered to go there and mediate because he was friends with Duryodhana and the gurus. So he was saying, you know, look at after all, Krishna is powerful enough to destroy you all, look at that effect in his energy. But I came here to mediate, rather than, you know, just have a useless fight, we're all family, but that better just to give back the boy. You know, let's have a nice wedding colleagues today. But they didn't accept, you know, they were well, this guy Balaram think he is, you know. We're the Kurus, these people are just uh, you know, some kings and not the we're the emperors. They really puffed up, so then Balaram said, These people are so they started saying very offensive things about Krishna. So Bhima said it's too much. With his plow, he started pulling the, well, he pulled the city, heading towards the Jamuna, and he pulled the whole city right into the river. So when they see the whole city moving, earthquakes, going the houses, stuff, then finally they woke up, they woke up here. <laughs> so, some people, unless they see, they won't believe. And so even when they see it, they don't believe it. <laughs> but uh, in this case, the Bali he was seeing and he was uh, believing. So Bali became qualified because he gave to Krishna. He got tricked to give to Krishna, but he gave. Even then. Although it was kind of a trick, but he was given a warning. He was given a chance to go out. But he didn't. He's, he's, he, went with, he went along with it. So it's considered he voluntarily gave. He can't complain. And because he gave, He's being glorified by the whole universe. He's a great person. So people become great one way is by doing charity. It's another kind of greatness. Usually people look at it. Some big boxer from the ground. Smash anybody else's face. Or someone jumps the highest in the pole vault. That's the world record. So then they're the greatest. Or somebody wins uh, tennis games or golf games. So, so everybody's always planning to be the greatest. 
who is our relative. The Buddha in the material world everybody wants to be the greatest, wants to be the controller, wants to become a minister or a prime minister or something. But uh, the boss of the office, the Vodis, they don't have a problem. They understand Krishna is the greatest, so they want to serve Krishna. So Lord Chaitanya is promoting that it's Ekalaisha Krishna, just accept it. Krishna is the one God. He's the Supreme. Everybody else is serving him. Everybody else is his servant. Even the other Vishnu forms, the Shaktis, whatever form, Devas, Devis, Gods, everybody is his servant. So if we accept that, then we have two followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <coughs> so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was just promoting that everybody should surrender to Krishna. In fact, even surrender to Krishna, when that was raised by Ramananda Rai and Chaitanya Charanamrita in their discussion, Lord Chaitanya also said, Iha Bhajya, this is also external. Because even you do Sarva Dharma, Purita, Jaya, Sarva, everything to Krishna. You're still thinking that this is mine, I'm giving it to Krishna. Like in this verse, it shows how everything is already Krishna. So what you're surrendering? You're actually just giving up your false sense of proprietorship. So the giving, surrendering everything, and being like I surrender everything, is you can then consider that to be as pure. Because it also had this tint or taint of uh, materialistic vision. This is my argument. So you can tell me something more that's really spiritual. And then only when Ramana and I got to the point simply to glorify Krishna. Hearing the glories of Krishna from the pure devotees, that is the transcendental activity. Then he said, this is, this is it. This. Hearing the glories of Krishna from pure devotees is totally transcendental. No sense of false proprietorship there, no sense of everything is before Krishna. It's a very wonderful verse here. Describing how the Lord expands Himself, or reveals how He's already, everything is within Him. It appears like He's expanding, actually. Here there was a king, normally kings tend to think they're the proprietor of their kingdom. Especially he was an absolute monarch, not a constitutional head or anything. 
So what's telling us? We clearly told him, I won't see you. He does it again. But then he saw that this king was sweeping the road in front of Jagannath. Seeing that, his heart changed. Okay. We give this king mercy. It's a big thing, and people are sweeping the road, you know. Some people, they feel very sensitive about this. In India, street sweepers are considered like an outcast kind of people, almost. And in the West, they're called sanitary engineers. Or <laughs> 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 sanitary technicians, you know. They're given a nice title. And <laughs> Or in India, you know, they're called untouchables, the sweepers. Uh, so not, not everybody would sweep the road. But, so the king would, before God, he would sweep the road if there was a, a big statement. I'm your servant. I remember once we were in Bangalore and we had a former vice president of India as our chief guest. And the president announced everything and said that uh, King Pratabhuti used to sweep the road before the war. This is a traditional reason. King request. Honorable Chief Guest to lead everybody else. And uh, then the uh, vice president got the microphone. He said, well, India is a democracy and a republic. We do not follow monarchy anymore. He <laughs> <laughs> refused to sweep the road. <laughs> the newspapers were there, you know. Vice President refuses to sweep the road before God. It was a big thing what to do. It was like the whole, the whole, the whole, he was the chief guest and inaugurated the rep. That's the whole ceremony. Sweep the road and pull the rep. So, break uh, a couple coconuts. So, I know I prayed to Krishna what to do. Then I got up and took the microphone and said, well, this is correct. Now, India is a democracy. This is government by the people, for the people, and of the people. So we want to request now, in this new India, that all the people, who are the real rulers of this country, sweep the road before Jagannath. <laughs> and as a leader of the people and one of our most prominent citizens, we request our chief guest, the vice president, to, lead, to do, the, do it first. So he was expressionist. <laughs>
then everybody else, all the late members of the Lord, you know, they just start sweeping, you know, and all the citizens there. Big headline next day in the paper. Vice President refuses to sweep the road before God. <laughs> so it's a big statement that uh, for us, you know, sweeping the road was a big deal, but for the king or vice prime minister or vice president, it was a big deal. I mean, we were at Birmingham, England, and the mayor of the city, the deputy mayor, came at that one time, and uh, he was also requested to sweep the road. He said, normally we mayors don't sweep roads. <laughs> we have another department for that. But <laughs> 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 out of respect for your culture, I'll do it. And he said to him, he was so much in, he did it for 45 minutes. <laughs> So because, see, Lord Chaitanya refused to see the king before us. I don't see kings. Kings are materialistic people. I don't see that. I don't get contaminated. He refused to see him. So in a private audience, just from a distance, the king could see him, but he couldn't really talk to him. But after this humble service to Krishna, the king became glorified in the eyes of Lord Chaitanya. So Lord Chaitanya gave so many blessings. He could see the seven forms of Lord Chaitanya dancing. He could see. Then he got a very special blessing on the advice of uh, Ramananda Rai's and Ramananda When Lord Chaitanya was taking a rest in the middle of the Rath Yatra, there was a place the Rath stops when they offered Boga to the Lord. He's lying in a slab of stone, the very tired doing a lot of dancing and everything. His eyes are closed. So then Pratavutaran comes, not just as a king with his silken robes and the crown and everything, but just wearing a white dhoti and a chatter. It's a tila. So nobody even knew what a king looked like, you know, that because he's always got to be, you know, trapping out, so you had to pick out what he looks like. There was no, like, uh, pictures in a newspaper or close-up TV shots, you know, you don't really see people couldn't get close to him, so most people didn't know what he looked like, really. So he could go right into that assembly and say, can as a humble wife, can I, you know, massage the lotus feet of the Lord? He said, yeah, no problem. Well, he didn't know who he was. He my wife to the Lord, okay, go ahead. Maybe one or two knew, but he didn't say anything. But, uh, so then he is massaging the Lord's lotus feet and he's singing the Gopi Gita from the 10th canto. And uh, when he sang the verse, how that uh, the devotees who glorify Krishna and get, tell other devotees the glories of Krishna, they're Buddha, they're the greatest donors, benefactors. But suddenly Lord Chaitanya sat up and said, I don't know who you are. But I'm so grateful for giving me these wonderful verses from the Bhagavatam. 
I want to repay you, but I have nothing. I'm just a beggar, I'm just a mendicant. I was a sannyasi, I don't have anything. So, all I can give you is a hug. Then he embraced Prataburta Maharaj, who, you know, consciousness went to the ceiling. <laughs> well, they went as far as Babanadev's form went. And he was you know, really given a lot of Krishna. Got to embrace him, watch his tenure. Because why? Because he did a humble service. We become glorified when we serve the Lord. The devotee thinks, I gave so much to Krishna, what did I get out of it? I didn't get a new TV set. We get opulence and spot. Still there. <laughs> Why don't you stand over the other side of the room and think? I want to It's a functional. So, because of his service, the Tabloid and that word of faith. So when we serve Krishna, it's not that Krishna is benefiting by our service. He's already complete. Doesn't become more complete. He's already today. He's complete, complete. But by our offering to Krishna, we become glorified. Because then we got into the loop. We're into this now. We're recognized as the devotee of Krishna. So the glories of Krishna reflects on us. So we thank all of you devotees for your service to Krishna. Because of that you're all glorified. Any question? The point is that we material life we think we're great because uh, of something that we've done. We jumped higher, we ran faster, we swam faster, we hit more into holes and so on and so forth. You know, we, we do something and we're better than other people that we're competing with and then we think we're there, it's better than other people. But in a service to Krishna, it's not a, it's not a thing like that. It's not a competition with other people. Everybody who serves Krishna is because he's the greatest, those who serve him also become great. But the greatness is only by the reflection of Krishna's mercy. It's for just being in, in, in that association, in the right place at the right time, being there to It's really the mercy of Krishna's. So we see it as the mercy of Guru and Krishna. 
Maybe that's something that's a very great thing that we've done. We're just doing what we're supposed to do, finally. And for so long we haven't been doing that. Because everywhere in the spiritual world is great, right? It says uh, in the ninth, uh, was the ninth chapter of that everybody in the spiritual world is infallible. There's two kinds of living entities, the fallible and infallible. and infallible. So we are... So we're um, in this material world because we're not serving Krishna. But we go back to our original state of serving Krishna. And eventually we can also become a fellow. So it's just, a, it's just, you know, what's the use of being proud that we're healthy? Or getting cured from our disease. We're not even fully healthy. We're still here. In the hospital, just that we're getting a little, little better, the fever is going down, the, the infections are reducing. Rather, we're grateful for the doctor and for the medicines. Nothing to be puffed uh, up about. And if we're getting puffed up, to start smashing the mind. <coughs> Bhakti Siddhanta Sarataka said that the mind said we should hit our mind every morning hundred times with a broom and a knife, a hundred times with a shoe, a vice and a shoe in the morning, broom at night. I'm a little lazy. And this morning my mind started doing stupid things, so I just started gave it sixty smashes and then it started to surrender. So I, I got another 40 to go yet. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have the mind uh, supposed to serve you. The mind said, this is just a subtle machine of the, in the sense of the body. It's like if your hand started to go, <laughs> <laughs> you can have a problem with it. <laughs> But some people actually have like a lymphatic or some kind of nerve problem in their hands, you know, shakes and they can't write. Ah, so it's a disease. If your senses don't just do what you want. So the mind is the sixth sense. The mind is supposed to think what we want the mind to think, not all the garbage that it comes up with. So if the mind doesn't think what we want, then you take your shoes and give up Big smash you. It's not abuse of the mind, don't worry. It's mind is anyway not even a living entity. <laughs> it's just a sense. But it's been in control for so long that it thinks it's the boss. We have here some Nepali devotees. And like Nepal, there's the uh, a dynasty. The Mahindra dynasty is on that, but for some period of time the prime ministers were hereditary. And when the prime minister became hereditary, they were the Ranas. They actually just took over everything. And the king couldn't remove them because they were hereditary prime ministers. So the 
Kings were actually kept prisoner in their palace, while the Prime Minister were the real de facto kings, the Ramas. So the king had to one time declare a revolution against his Prime Minister, amass his own army and uh, fight against them. And then he became victorious and so now it's back to the kings. Right? But of course the citizens had a kind of revolution and so now it's more of a constitutional monarchy. Which after the previous monarch was killed by his son, then now the new monarch, uh, his uncle, has to declared emergency and is uh, using a lot of uh, absolute powers. Anyway, the point was this Rana was took over and the king was a captive. Well, that's something that the prime minister is supposed to serve the king, especially in absolute monarchy. In this case, the mind is supposed to serve us, but the mind becomes so powerful that it wants us to serve the mind. That we're not going to do That's finished. We surrender to Krishna. Atma is surrender to Krishna. Intelligence is serving the Atma. The mind is supposed to follow the intelligence. The senses are controlled by the mind. And the senses control the dogmata which we use in Krishna's service. That's the devotional thing. But in Maya, the senses serve all matter, the mind goes after the senses, the intelligence helps the mind, and the soul is just a captive. So we're reversing it, now we're doing the right thing. There's no use of being proud just because we're doing the right thing, whether we should be relieved. And grateful that somebody has illuminated us. All these years we were just an illusion, all these births. Birth after birth trying to lord it over the material energy. Now we have surrendered to Krishna, we want to use everything in Krishna's service. <clears throat> so then I'm grateful for and ashamed that we missed that we didn't do it for so long. What do you think? Tracy? Yes, sir. Maharaj, in your opening prayers, in the Kamsham, the Kamsham is good, sir. Well, I don't remember what's going on in Kamsham, but uh, I've always heard Prabhupada uh, say it. One of the Puranas. The blind, uh, the, the dog man can become a great orator. And the lame man, Bangu Mangayatekiri, can cross over the mountains. Simply by the mercy of the Guru, or by the mercy of Krishna, or by the mercy of Chaitanya. There's another verse that I know is in the Chaitanya Chaitanya that says the same thing. Mukha Guruji Bhatshama Pamela Nadi. It also says 
that a blind man can see the stars in the sky. This is three things. By the mercy of the Panchatatra. That's in the Chaitanya Chaitanya. But which Purana, the other? I say it because I heard my guru say it. But I've seen it actually written in the Purana. What about Pangu means a, a layman. Langai means to cross over. Giring means mountains. Yaki So by the I offer my obeisances to those by whose mercy this is possible. Shri Guru Pinatayana, my Guru, who is very merciful, delivers the fallen. Or Sri uh, Chaitanya Ishwara, Lord Chaitanya, the Lord. Or Paramananda Mahalo, the Lord Madhava, who is the supreme happiness. Yes. We had a few of this misconception and this this disease is one that it's all kind of control now, control now. It, 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 I can't get us I can't hear you very clearly. <clears throat> we are identifying with the body by the illusion of Maya. Because we are identifying with the body, then we think we compare our body with other people's bodies and what we do with other people do. And we think we are in the body. So self-realization means we realize that we're not the body. The body is just our machine. But we are actually the spirit soul and we're eternal servant of Krishna. When we realize that, then we come out of the illusion. The eternal identity of the soul is to be the eternal servant of Krishna. So when we realize that, then we become Because of one another, we wanted to be independent from the war, wanted to experience something which was only available in the material world. Then we got put into a material body. Right now we're in a human body, before we were in so many different bodies. The human body, the advantage is it has enough intelligence to figure out the reality under the guidance of a proper spiritual master. So we can understand that we are not this body, that we are the eternal spirit soul. That this spirit soul is eternally part of Krishna. That our relative importance with other living entities is irrelevant. What was really important is that we 
be under the protection and care of Krishna. And we uh, act as a Vayamidya for Krishna's desire to be manifested. And then our potential is unlimited. So, okay. Make sense? Duncan. Any other? <coughs> Maharaj, you want to make a comment too? No. It's interesting uh, developing our love. Yes. Abhidaya, that's the Samarna. What is our relationship that I'm a servant of the Lord? When we put that into practice, that's the Abhideya. That's when we get more and more purified and glorified. And eventually that leads us to the Prayojana, which is the perfection of the ultimate, what we want to achieve. And that's the love of Krishna. So Samadha, Abhideya, Prayojana. First thing is understand who am I? Some people, they don't understand, takes a while to figure that out. So then we just engage them in the service. And because they're acting in their proper role, even though they don't have necessarily the proper consciousness, after a while they get purified and suddenly they, 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 they slip into their own. Oh, oh yeah. For some, most the normal way is people first understand I'm a servant of Krishna. And then engage them, and then engage them after that in devotional service. But sometimes you get Maya bodies who think they are gods, but they like to serve gods. They want to be self-serving. <laughs> 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 well, they don't mind serving Krishna because they think they are Krishna. That's a strange thing. <clears throat> For those kind of people, it's sometimes very difficult to preach to them philosophically because they're like totally. Short circuit in the brain. <laughs> but if you uh, engage them in uh, service, they don't mind doing service, some of them. In there. And then by doing service, they get purified, and then eventually they realize that I should. I'm one with Krishna, but I'm a really small part of Krishna, and Krishna realize they're the center. But it takes a while for, for the Maya bodies. But some of them are not uh, very envious and they're just a good service. For those kind of people you can engage. The envious ones are very critical of those people as But normally people do samadha, they realize who they are, at least theoretically, and then they practice like that. And then they finally get the full realization. So, should I again? From somewhere between 10 and 12, morning walk, and from 12 to 2, probably anybody wants to see me, you can contact Sananda or. Sankara. Myself or Charles Tennant. You saw or? Charles Tennant. Charles Tennant. And uh, 
Make sure you have a list of the schedule. <laughs> After that, two will be um, there is a, depending on your plans, too much. Um, obviously, the Sunday feast class, and uh, there's a seven thirty question answer session. But there are some discussion at the moment whether Gurmaj is here tonight or in Sydney. Fifty uh, percent of that depends on how much we want him here. <laughs> so I guess we might just take a quick vote. How many people would like Gurmaj giving class tomorrow morning in Melbourne? <laughs> 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 If if Gurmaraj is in Melbourne, um, the plan tomorrow morning he has to leave uh, Temple around eight o'clock at the latest. So uh, what we agreed with Anil Prabhu is we'd have a quarter to seven uh, Guru Puja, four five. Seven o'clock, ET uh, greetings, and then like seven or five or so, start the class and finish just before eight, and then he's off on, on his way to the airport. Okay, so uh, that that is uh, assuming Gumaraj is in London tonight. So I guess we should be maximizing. You did the worst case scenario that I left tonight, they would maybe have a question and answer seven fifteen to eight. Yeah. Make the most of the twelve o'clock and the Sunday feast, I guess that's the message. Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.